Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, how he loves me. Amen. Oh, how he loves you. Hallelujah. This morning, I just want to thank God for being alive. Amen. I just want to thank God for allowing me to have breath in me. the breath of life. This morning, I just want to thank God that I'm on this side of earth. Oh, how he loves me. I don't know about you. Oh, how he loves me. Now, you can say the same if you want to. But, oh, how. Jesus loves me. That's why I'm here today. Amen. Glory to God. God is good. God is good. And all the time, God is even better. Amen. Sabbath, everyone. Happy Sabbath, everyone. Are you happy to be here this morning? Are you happy to be here this morning? If you're happy and you know it, clap your hand. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hand. If you're happy and you know it, and you really want to show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hand. If you're happy and you know it, say amen. If you're not. If you're happy and you know it, and you really want to show it, if you're happy and you know it, amen, glory to God, hallelujah. Now, you just uh, heard about me being a worship pastor, amen? So, worship is what I do, hallelujah, glory to God, because for what God has done in my life, if it wasn't for the goodness of God, I wouldn't be here today. I'm sure you wouldn't be here either, right? Praise the Lord. This morning, I, wa I want to thank God for 
your pastor, my friend, Pastor Newton, for the invitation. I want to thank God for the elders, the board of elders and the leaders for the great welcome. Amen. Wonderful welcome. They made me feel right at home. And I also want to thank my cousin, Nancy Matthew, uh, Mathieu in French. Uh, stand up so they could see my cousin. <laughs> All right. Amen. All the way from New York. She's here to worship with us. Amen. She came here for some sun, right? Amen. Amen. I know it's cold up there in New York right now. Well, Pastor Newton and I, we've met a few years back when I came to preach here for the school. Amen. I did a week of prayer revival for the children. And uh, we met, and ever since then, we've been praising God, we've been giving God glory, and we've been very close, and we thank We thank God for our friendship, we thank God for what he's doing with our ministries, amen? And I thank God for what he's done to your, for your pastor. Powerful testimony, right? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, um, this morning, I was battling with a sermon that uh, I wanted to preach, but God reminded me that whenever I get somewhere, and it's the first time that I'm preaching, I need to, I need to do something. I need to tell the people what God has done in my life. Amen. And so while I was struggling and I'm sitting there and God is telling me, you know what you got to preach. You know what you got to talk about. I see you have your sermon ready to preach. But guess what? You need to tell these people what I've done in your life. I know you told the children of daughters of Zion what I've done for you. And, and now you're here to tell the adults what I've done in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. God has done in my life. I just want to open the word of God, amen, and read from the book of Acts. The book of Acts written by Dr. Luke, the evangelist. It contains valuable history of the early Christian church. And I would like for you to go to the third chapter in the book of Luke. And as you go to the third chapter, I'm going to read in your hearing. Luke chapter 3. It's entitled, Peter Heals a Lame Beggar. Stories told that one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. Where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him. As did John. 
Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Hallelujah. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet. And began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts. Walking. Jumping. Praising God. Verse 9. When all the people saw him walking. And praising God. They recognize him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This morning, the title of the sermon is God will take care of you. Let us pray. Father, here we are. After reading your word, we are expecting you to speak through us. May you take my mouth, my lips, my voice, and speak to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God will take care of you. I say God will take care of you. We just read the story in the book of Acts. And we saw that Peter and John were taking a stroll to the temple in Jerusalem. And they saw this beggar, this man who couldn't walk. The poor guy was sitting at one of the gates begging for money. And suddenly Peter told the man to look at him. And when the guy looked, he thought that they were going to give him some money. But Peter said to him, Silver and gold I have not, but what I have, I will give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And so today, DOZ, if you allow me to use DOZ, we are in this story because once upon a time,
question. No, I was not begging. But just like this beggar, I was not walking. I was not able to stand on my two feet. So for you to understand, I will have to go back to October 9th, 1994. It was a Sabbath morning just like this. Went to church, got my blessing, and it was my sister, my older sister's birthday, my late sister's birthday. So at night, Sabbath is over. We're just in the house, chilling, hanging out, having a good time. All of a sudden, a friend of mine called. Let's go to a party. I said, come on, man. I'm, I'm hanging out with my sister. It's, it's her birthday, and we're having a good time. He said, come on. Let's go to the party with me. So he he wanted me to go so i went it was my brother myself this so-called friend and his girlfriend four of us got in the car and we went to lennox road and 54th east 54th for those of you who know brooklyn new york and we went up to the second floor to the party, and I'm standing there. It was a boring party. I, 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 I'm like, I, I'm, not, I'm not staying here. So all of a sudden, after a while, I'm looking for the friend who took me to the party, and I'm looking for him, and I couldn't find him. So I went to a room, and I knock on the door, and I push the door. And I saw this friend talking to some other guys. And brothers and sisters, when I saw him, I, I, he looked at me funny, but I didn't know what was going on at the time. I said, hey, um, we're leaving, because I was the one driving. He told me, wait for me downstairs. So I went downstairs to wait for him. And as I went downstairs to wait for him, I'm sitting in the driver's seat. My younger brother is sitting next to me in the passenger seat. His girlfriend is standing outside on the sidewalk. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a masked gunman showed up. He parked his car right in the middle of the street. Open fire on the car that I was in. Open fire on me. Pour, 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 pour in the windshield. Pour, 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 pour. Driver side window. And all these bullets enter in my body. 17 bullets in total. Brothers and sisters, I'm 
bleeding in this car. I'm laying there in a pool of blood thinking this is my last breath. But I remember my grandma when she was telling me about my grandpa's passing. She said, before your grandpa passed away, I asked him a question. You want to know what question she asked him? She asked my grandpa, did you talk to your God? On the hospital bed, dying, my grandmother asked my grandfather, did you talk to your God? And so sometimes, brethren, you are in a situation, you are quick to go and talk to a friend. You are quick to go and talk to somebody, to a co-worker. You are quick to go talk to somebody who, who, who doesn't even like you. But you refuse to go to God and talk to God. And so I'm laying in this car, bleeding, hurting, pain all over my body. Because this arm was broken. This leg was broken. Bullets all over. Liver, lungs, everywhere. But I remember my grandma. Thank God for the grandmas, amen? Thank God for the grandmas. Train up a child. Hallelujah. Train up a child, grandmas, mothers, fathers. Raise them up to know that when they are in trouble, to go to God. So I remember my grandmother and I started talking to God. I called on God. And I said to God, God, please give me a second chance. Now understand, that was four days before my 21st birthday. How many days? Four days before my 21st birthday. So, I'm bleeding in this car, about to pass out, and that's the thought that came to my mind. Talk to your God. Brethren, sometimes you are in despair. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. This morning, I urge you to talk to your God. Talk to your God, no matter what. Talk to your God. He will take care of you. Amen? So I started talking to God. And God listened. I said, God listened. And he answered. And I remember those people were outside trying to bring me to the hospital, but they couldn't because I was sitting in the driver's seat. They didn't want to move me so that they don't move something wrong and, and I'm dead. So when the ambulance came, 
it seemed like it took forever. Could have been in a few minutes. But to me, it was forever. They came, they took me a few blocks to Kings County Hospital. Now, this is where my ordeal started. In the hospital, I'm looking at the x-rays of where I got shot. Bullets here, bullets there, bullets here, bullets there. But I'm in pain. And I'm telling the doctors, the nurses, please put me to sleep. I cannot bear that pain anymore. Put me to sleep. And I remember going to sleep. I don't know if they put me to sleep. I don't know if I fell into a coma. I don't know if I died. I don't know. But all I know is I was gone. So while I'm gone, I'm hearing things. I hear this machine beep, beep, beep. This machine caught my attention because I heard something that freaked me out. All of a sudden, I heard beep. What is that? My cousin who's in, <laughs> into medical field, she knows what that is. Is a hot monitor? Is, is, is that what they call it? Because for 27, 28 years, I still cannot understand this machine. Because it freaked me out that day. I heard beep, 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 and then beep. Now, I'm not a medical <laughs> doctor, but I know that sound. You don't have to go to grad school to know that sound. No! When somebody's flatline, that means what? Dead. Then I said, you know what? If I can hear that line going peep, 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 and flatline, therefore, I'm not dead. So I said, you know what? These people might put me into the body bag alive. So let me go ahead and, and shake my head. So they know that I'm alive. So they don't put me in that drawer. You know those drawers that they put dead bodies in? I didn't want to go in there. I fought not to go in there. So I started shaking my head. Shake my head, shake my head. And four days later, how many days? Four days later, on my birthday, October 13th, I woke up. And next to me was my mom. My mother was standing next to me. I woke up in the ICU. And I'm like, Mom, am I dead? It's like, no, you're not. You're alive. Now, my mother is explaining to me. She asked me a question. She said, what happened? Why were you shaking your head so much? I said, Mom, this is what I heard. I heard that flatline thing. I heard that sound that went beep, 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 and beep. I thought I was dead. 
So I didn't want these people to put me in a body bag and I started shaking my head. My mom said, oh, really? But guess what? When you got shot, you were bleeding so bad. You lost so much blood that when you got to the hospital, the doctors didn't even want to work on you. My mom said they put you in a corridor in the hallway waiting for you to pass away. She said the doctor says prepare your son's funeral. The detective said expected to die. She said, you bled out so much that they didn't want to work on you. They said you lost too much blood. But when you started shaking your head, I remember your pastor was preaching. He was saying that you need to fight. She said, when you started shaking your head, a doctor came. Amen. A doctor came. He said, ma'am, your son is young. He wants to live. I'm going to do something for him. Now, my mom is saying to me that this doctor, she never saw him before. She never saw him after. Now, I don't know about you, but I know who that doctor was. I know who that doctor was. It was Dr. Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. So, she's telling me that while they were telling her to go prepare my funeral, while they were telling her that if I live, I will be a vegetable, while I started shaking my head, this doctor came up to her and said, I'm going to do something for him. Oh, brethren, when you think things are done for you, this is when God just began with you. When you think it's over, God is saying this is just Genesis, the beginning. And so, she was explaining to me that the sound that I heard that day was not me, of course. It was somebody else next to me who was shot one time in a different part of, the t of town who passed away right next to me. He got shot how many times? One time. And he passed. So when they got ready to put me in a room, they put me in a room with a young man who also got shot one time somewhere else. And is paralyzed from the neck down. Interestingly, they started doing therapy. My cousin is a therapist, so she know what I'm talking about. They started doing therapy for him at Kings County Hospital. Every morning they come, pick him up, went with him, and did therapy. 
came back and they expecting for him to walk again. But me, I'm like, what about me? I need therapy too. They're like, mm -mm. you too badly messed up for us to even do therapy for you. You're never going to walk again. We're not, we're not going to even do therapy for you because you're not going to walk again. They say, your right leg is messed up. We had to put a metal rod from here to here to hold that leg up. Your right arm is messed up. We had to put a, a metal thing right there to hold it up. Your liver, your kidney, everything was messed up. They had to put a colostomy bag right here for me to do my business. Right here. So as a 21-year-old man, young man, I'm walking around or I'm, I'm living in a, with a colostomy bag. You know, I'm walking, I'm, I'm, I'm there and all you hear, you hear sounds coming out. Things, bowel movement just freely coming out without even doing anything. They said, you are too badly damaged for me to do whatsoever. So after a month, started healing because, you know, us Seventh-day Adventists, we don't eat just anything right we don't we don't eat just anything we don't drink anything so our bodies regenerate so quickly amen glory to god for the health message so 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 as as i started healing the wounds were closing the doctor said well there's nothing else we can do for you we're gonna send you home they sent me home in a wheelchair down to a wheelchair. And so when I read that chapter, Luke chapter 3, and I saw how this man, he was lame from birth. I was not lame from birth. Matter of fact, when I was in a hospital, they told me, you can't walk again. I said, what? What you mean I cannot walk again? They said, no, you cannot walk again. So they put... They, 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 I, I watch when the nurse are gone. The nurses are gone. I just sat on the bed and I said, "What you mean I cannot walk again?" So I, I try to get up. So I put my two feet on the ground and I try to get up from the bed. Bloop! Guess what? Right on the floor. That's when it that I cannot walk again. That's when reality sinked in. And so this man was born lame. He was begging. They had to carry him to the temple. I remember I second on the second when when I came out the hospital, people had to carry me upstairs to the apartment. When I have a doctor's appointment, people would have to carry me downstairs to go to the doctor's appointment. So just like this man, I was being carried around. But I remember while I was in the hospital, 
my pastor at the time came to visit and he gave me a verse. Hallelujah. He gave me a verse. Psalms 118 verse 17 and 18. I will not die but live. And I will declare the glory of the Lord. Amen. My pastor gave me that verse. So I kept my faith. I said, Lord, here I am. Sitting in the church. In a wheelchair. Unable to walk. And the pastor made an appeal. He said, if you have faith in God, act on it. I was sitting like on this corner here. And when the pastor made the appeal, I said, Lord, I want to walk again. I want to walk again. So that day, I felt something coming onto my legs. I felt something regenerating my legs. I felt power in my legs. Just like this man felt power in his leg after Peter said, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. So I got up that same Sabbath morning and I walked to the front by faith and I've been walking ever since hallelujah interestingly brothers and sisters now I'm walking I have a colostomy bag but I can't breathe Just like Corona, when it catches you, you cannot breathe. I cannot even do this. I can't do that. It's hurting me. It's hurting me if I do this. You see, when the Bible says let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I know exactly what they're talking about. Because at a certain point in time, I couldn't do this. Simple as this. And so, I went to the doctor and they said, well, it's a bullet. Right on your lungs. Pressing on your lungs. So whenever you breathe, it presses on the bullet. We're going to have to take it out. Because we can touch and feel it on your skin. So they got one of those student doctors <laughs> to cut me up on my back. And I'm sitting there with local anesthesia and the student doctor is trying to take that thing out, um, the projectile out, trying to take it out and she touched a nerve. And my arm said, the 
doctor said, hold up. Now you see why we don't go look around for those bullets inside your body. Because if she had cut that nerve, your arm would have been gone. Whatever it is. Now I understand I was 21. So certain terms at the time, I didn't understand. And so the doctor came and two seconds took out the bullet. And that's the only bullet they took out of my body. As proof that God is able. Amen. Unfortunately, I took that bullet to the detectives. Black on black crime, they don't care. Nothing was done about it. But just like this beggar. When I think of the goodness of the Lord. And all that he has done in my life. My soul cries out. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Thank you, Jesus. So I start a praise revolution. I start a praise revolution. Praise in the morning. Praise in the middle of the day. Praise at night. Praise in the middle of the night. Praise, praise, praise. Because God deserves all the glory and all the praise. So this man, when he was healed, the Bible says, he jumped. He jumped. He walked. He praised God. But when people saw him, they were amazed. They started questioning what happened? Wasn't he the one carrying guns in Brooklyn, New York? Wasn't he a done gargon? Wasn't he a bad guy? A bad boy? What happened? How come he's a pastor now? Now he's a doctor of worship. What's going on? You know what my answer is? God did it. The same answer Peter gave to them. It's in the text. It's in the text. Let's read. So, so verse 11. While the men held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished. We are in Acts chapter 3, verse 11. And they came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? God did it. Which God? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Which God? The God of our fathers who has glorified his servant Jesus. The one you hated <laughs> over to kill, to be killed, and you disown before Pilate. You disown 
the holy and righteous one and ask that a murderer be released to you. Verse 15. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this by faith in the name of Jesus. This man, <laughs> in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong, God did it. It is Jesus' name of, and the faith that comes to him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. God did it. Uh-huh. And verse 17, Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold to the, to the prophet saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. Amen. Brethren, yes, the people were amazed. They were amazed that the, the beggar was now walking, praising. They were amazed that the Dungargon, you might not know what a Dungargon is, but a bad boy. That's what I was in Brooklyn, New York. I was a bad boy. I'm not going to claim to be pious. I'm not going to claim that I was always holy. That's why I said I'm a sinner saved by grace. God did it. I say God did it. So, the man was a paralytic. Became a praiser. Amen. I said the man was a paralytic. He became a praiser. Glory to God. He needed something better than money. He needed something better than finance. Better than Romans. He needed Jesus in his life. Anybody here like this man? Anybody here needs Jesus just like this man? So if you are just like this man, after you are being healed, after you are being saved, after you are being removed from your situation, you need to do the same thing he did. You need to begin to praise God. You need to begin to shout hallelujah. You need to begin to give glory to God. But you know what? Unfortunately, some people are, are too cold to shout, shout for the Lord. Some people are too cold to shout for the Lord. Too dry to dance before God. Too shy. To even clap for the Lord. Some people are so holy. Holier than thou. To cry out hallelujah. Glory, glory. 
Thank you, Jesus. See, we briefly, we can see that Peter was basically telling these people, don't focus on me. Don't put your attention on me. Put your attention on God. Because God did it. In other words, God gets all the glory. He's the one who should receive all the praise. So, a few months after, my colostomy bag was removed and, I, and they closed it up. I'm beginning to become normal again. I'm beginning to be renewed, restored. So I decided to have a praise revolution. Now understand this. That happened in 94. I answered God's calling in 2014. From 94 to 2014, that's a lot of years. 20 years to be exact, right? So, when I, when I left, when I left to go to Oakwood, I said, God, if you can take me from where I was in a wheelchair, dying, you gave me life, you can take me through this master's program. So after Oakwood, I say, God, I'm not finished with you yet. If you can bring me to Oakwood, I need to learn more about you. So I continue to be where I am today. It's not about me. It's about him. God will. I said, God will take care of you. God will never leave nor forsake you, brethren. He will always take care of you. No matter what. Whatever situation you may be in, you need to trust him. You need to have faith in him. You need to continue to praise him in the little stuff. Lord, I thank you for water. Lord, I thank you for the breath of life. Lord, I thank you for being able to have children. Because after I was shot 17 times, my friends were saying, they, they told my, my, my wife now that I couldn't have children. They told her, you, you talking to him? He was shot 17 times. I had a label on my back. He cannot have children. But thank God I can have children. And I have many children. Amen. It's a blessing. God took care of me, brothers and sisters. If I can stand up here today, it's not because of my brain. It's not because of who I know. 
but it's because of God. Doctor said, vegetable. God said, praiser, pastor, worshiper. Doctor said, he will never walk again. God said, not only he will walk again, but he will jump, he will dance, he will do everything. You know, even afterwards, doctors told me not to run. They told me not to run. They said, this metal rod may mess up, but it's been 27 years, 28 years going on. I thank God. Even with the pain, I thank God. Even with the pain. I haven't gone to a hospital due to this. I've been running. I've been jumping. I've been dancing. I've been doing everything on those legs. And I thank God. Just like this man, brothers and sisters, God will take care of you. Even after 17 gunshots, God took care of me. Even after I almost got decapitated. That's another story. God took care of me. Even after my car jumped into Key West water. That's another story again. Another testimony. God took care of me. So if God can do it for me, he can also do it for you. All you got to do is trust him. All you got to do is trust him. Have faith in him. You see, when you have faith in God, you are validating God. You know, Hebrews 11 said, those who don't have faith in God, God doesn't exist for them. God doesn't exist because they don't, they don't, they don't believe. But when you say God, I believe he exists and he will show up and show out in your life. Today, just like Peter, I'm here to testify that God did it. He lifted me up. He can lift you up too. Your hurt, your pains. Just like this lame beggar, Jesus can heal your sicknesses, your diseases. Just like credit repair can fix your credit, Jesus can fix your situation. Amen? Jesus has the solution to your problem. So in closing, brethren, just like, you know, when you're cooking, and you put some seasoning, you put some stuff on your food, I urge you to put some Jesus on it. If you put some Jesus on it, it'll taste good. He'll look good. Jesus will solve that problem. So today, 
my story is told that even after 17 gunshots, God can restore. God can repair. God can do it. God can take care of you. He can also take care of you. May God bless you. May God keep you.